All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the ALG podcast. I am your host, John Arpino, otherwise known as J.R.P.'s Journey. Today, I'm joined along by my fucking partner in crime, my man, my right hand. You know him as uh, fit underscore D-Rock on Instagram. To me, he's just David, the science guy, David Roden. Das, How hello. Doing, David? Hello. <laughs> and today, today we have a really special guest, guys. Today, we are taking the ALG podcast and we are going in a total opposite direction so hit the u-turn here we are reverse reverse reverse. today our special guest is cara cruz otherwise known as the pale ginger pear on instagram cara what's going on what's popping thank you for joining us today i know you're coming off uh some recent surgery so i really do appreciate you taking some time out today to be with us what's doing yeah well, thank you. Yeah, I'm 10 days post-op here on my thigh surgery, which would be my third so far in my lipedema reduction surgery journey. Um, so I'm not doing much of anything. I've been napping a lot more since the surgery and just kind of like contemplating how badly I want to go back up those stairs <laughs> and, and how long I can wait till I actually have to go upstairs. But uh, it's just I've had some swelling right around the knees. Right. And so, like, every bend of a step or to get in and out of the car is like, no, I really want to. No. <laughs> I love I love it. So, preface to this, um, I find this, I was telling John before the call, I think it's so important to know. It's like, obviously, all three of us have dealt with the same situation, which is fat and, and health and weight, completely different reasons. And completely different philosophies and ways to have to deal with it. I think it's it's gonna be a fun conversation because, like, yes, I weighed over 400 pounds and I lost 200 pounds through diet and exercise. You have John here who was 500 pounds who had gastric sleeve as part of his journey, and we have you now who's completely different situation with lipidemia and all this kind of stuff. So I'm excited to kind of build into it. Um, but I think what's the most important part to me, which I'm excited to have the conversation about is you don't seem like the person that's rolling over to it. Meaning it's like, well, woe is me. And this is the way it is. It's like, no, I'm still figuring out how I can live the healthiest and happiest life I can live. Um, and so that's what I'm really excited about. Cause again, it's not about six pack abs. It's not about even, but it's, but it is about figuring out health and figuring out what you're dealt with. And so I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Well, yeah, I, thank you. I have said from the start of my journey, it's not about changing my shape or size. If there was a pill or an injection that stopped the constant pain I was in and stopped the progression so I didn't lose my mobility, I wouldn't have done the surgery journey. I was fine with the pear shapes and the hips and like my size. I had embraced it. It's really who I've been for at least 20 years. So it's right. kind of all I know. This actually like reducing my size is a bit weird to me and I'm not mentally, it's really hard some days. Um, but I just wanted the pain to stop. And I have a 12 year old son and I lost my mom in my twenties to ovarian cancer. So like, I want to be around for him. Like I want to be that annoying grandma. And mm-hmm. so to me, it was stopping the pain and keeping it so that I was, around for my kid versus like really like I want to be a size eight or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Right. So, so like we said at the beginning of the, of the podcast, this is a totally different discussion that we're going to have today. So before we really get rocking and rolling, why don't you tell people really what lipedema is? Kind of give okay. us a brief overview definition of it. Because before I met you, I had no idea kind of what, what this was, you know, and I'm fascinated <laughs> by it. Yeah. So it's a condition where the body overproduces lymph fluid in an inflammatory reaction. It could be something that I'm eating that my body's like, we don't like this. And then it like causes an inflammatory reaction. It could be something chemical that I'm putting on all the details to yet. So it's kind of like guessing what's going on. Uh, but when the body makes the overabundance of lymph fluid, the fat cells absorb it and get really enlarged, like those nodules that I posted on my Instagram. Right. And then the um, makeup of the fat cells is different, so it doesn't really react to diet or exercise. Sometimes it will for certain people. I've been on every diet in the 80s and 90s that my dad could come across because he did all of them, so I was dragged along with him. And so it was very something that like I never had a response to. The only two times I've ever really lost weight was when he went on the Atkins diet and when I went gluten-free. And I think Atkins worked because I cut out gluten before right. realizing I needed to cut out gluten. Mm-hmm. And those are the only two times I've ever really, like when I first went gluten-free for celiac disease, I dropped 80 pounds in three months. Wow. Like it just fell off. It was and then like it, it plateaued. Like that's where my hips really popped because I lost it all on my upper half. My hips down did not change in that weight loss at all because that was my really big lipedema areas. Gotcha. And lipedema can progress. There's like three to four stages depending on which doctors you talk to. Mm-hmm. Stage one and two looks like most women out there. And it's just a typical like more curved to the hip, a little bit more in the thighs. Um, and then stage three is where it really progresses. And it can also be like the bigger arm. And stage four is what I have. I have the worst, of course. <laughs> and it's where it becomes lipolipedema, where it involves um, lymphedema as well, which lymphedema is a completely separate condition that anyone can get, man or woman. Um, but what this is, is where the lymph nodules or the lipedema nodules, it causes kinks in the lymph channel. So then the fluid like flows down properly, but then it's kind of pulls there. So my lower legs were swelling really bad and I had to wear compression stockings to manage it and just kind of deal with that. I kind of explained to my kid as when a sponge absorbs so much, then there's still a puddle around it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what happens. Like the body absorbs as much as they can, and you get the big lymph nodules, and then it just gets to a point where it can't absorb it any absorb it anymore. So it just kind of hangs out there in the legs or arms. Gotcha. Wow. 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 Um, <laughs> I guess we should take a, a a step back a little bit. Um, when did you kind of figure out that there that that this was going on? You know. So I figured out that I had lymphedema in my one leg due to an injury like my senior year of high school so it would have been like 99 2000 and it wasn't though until I was actually pregnant with my son that I finally got a doctor to acknowledge it and help me so that would have been like 2007 2008 and then it was four years into my lymphedema leg wrapping and wearing compression 
that I was complaining to the physical therapist about it. And she was like, oh, you're not going to lose weight. You have lipedema as well. And I was like, what is this? Yeah. And she was like, oh, it's a special fat that doesn't react to diet or exercise. And it was this emotion of I'm not crazy. Right. And anger of why has nobody told me this for years? Right. And then she had only really explained it that it was like the waist down. So it was the hips and the thighs and legs. But then it wasn't until another like in when I was doing my Instagram that I realized it's my upper arms, it's my stomach. I have it everywhere possible. My doctor calls me the poster child for this condition. <laughs> You know, I thought, I thought, I thought we, we knew everything and doctors know everything and we know how the body works completely. (laughs) And, uh, there's no, there's nothing we don't know. I think there's a lot of things we don't know. (laughs) (laughs) There's a, there's a lot that we don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I I love that. Cause my big thing is I wish, I wish doctors would listen to the patients more. Like we live in our bodies. Right. We know what it's like to drag this around day in and day out. Like, don't talk to me about gastric bypass. Like I never even thought about being fat. Like their approach to me was like, you know, have you thought about losing weight? Oh, I'm (laughs) only 38 and, you know, drag this body around daily. No, it never crossed my mind. Like, listen to me when I'm telling you, like I have a condition that's not reacting to diet and exercise and like gastric sleeve or bypass. I've had a lot of lipedema friends that have had it. They lose the healthy fat that's like holding in the lipedema fat and they're in more pain because now those bigger nodules aren't being supported and are causing them more pain. It doesn't lose it in the thighs for them. They don't lose it by the gastric bypass. So now if you were to go, because obviously this is not a weight loss journey for you, right? At all? No, it's about pain. Right. It, yeah. It's just I mean, relieving of your pain. Getting, healthier, yeah. Obviously, getting healthier involves some of the weight coming off, but that right. wasn't my main goal. Yeah. Right. But you were just in a in a constant state of agonizing pain all the time. Finally, enough is enough. Now I know, and we're going to talk about it, but I know that you go for you know a special type of skin surgery, right? Uh, I mean, I don't even you wouldn't even classify it as skin surgery. Uh, I guess you would ca- classify it's it lipo. It's lipo, right? So you, yeah. you go for a, a very special, unique kind of lipo. I know you go all the way to Cali to get it done. Um, but if you were just to um, just, you know, say, get a thigh lift or, you know, get get the skin on your arms removed, it would come back, right? Like th- this would yeah. just force itself back into your body. Yeah. Gotcha. Because since we're not, if because those surgeries, like just if we were to, you know, cut this off and stitch it up, there's still nodules of it elsewhere. And so until we aggressively remove it and allow that toxin buildup of the inflammatory reaction to flush its way out of my system, the body's still going to react that way. So doing an aggressive removal of it is allowing my body to reset. And then hopefully it doesn't come back. And also now that I know signs to look for versus having this since probably 10 or 11, like, you know, I can manage it better. I do plan on doing a food sensitivity test to see what's causing the inflammatory reaction. I'm just slightly in denial about it because I'm a very, very picky eater. 
and I'm afraid that like the five things I enjoy are like, <laughs> no, you can't yeah. eat this. And then I'm going to be like, I don't know what to do. Just don't say chocolate. Please don't say chocolate. Don't <laughs> say chocolate. <laughs> no, I'm more afraid of potatoes. That's potatoes. Really? Okay. Yeah. If I can't have potatoes, it, it might be a very, very sad day. Really? <laughs> I think because when I first went gluten-free, that was like a safety net. Like, potatoes yep. are safe. Gotcha. So, anytime I go out to a restaurant or go to a friend's house, I'm like, okay, I can have potatoes, and I'm not going to get sick. So, if you gotcha. take away, like, my safety food, right? I don't know. <laughs> I don't oh, know no, yeah. I definitely. So, question for you. So, when you say pain... What is it like joint pain because of inflammation? Is it what kind of pain are you talking about? There was joint pain at the knees and my lower back felt like a sledgehammer had always hit it. Um, sometimes my like elbows and wrists would hurt, but not as much as my legs. Uh, my ankles would had really bad ankle cuffing and mm -hmm. I couldn't wear certain shoes because of it even because the tongue of the tennis shoe would rub. And then it would break open the skin, which then with the lymphedema aspect, you're then leaking lymph fluid, which can lead to an infection because you don't heal right. So being told to just, oh, go exercise, go walk, I was actually putting more damage on my leg and risking an infection that I couldn't get rid of because the exercise shoes and all that was ripping open my skin. Right. So it was this really like circle of like, just lose weight, but we don't know how you're going to lose it. So good mm -hmm. luck. You know, it wasn't, there was no real solution. There was no real help. Um, it was really frustrating. And I would get really bad, bad brain fog from like the buildup of like, just like the toxins and stuff in my system. And I had always associated the brain fog with having to be gluten-free and my celiac. But since the three surgeries, like I remember stuff so much better I trained for a new job and it was like, not like, it was completely different. It's wow. so much clearer. My sinuses are better because the inflammation in my head and my sinus swelling is gone. I'm sleeping on like one pillow versus propped up on three because I couldn't breathe. Like the difference overall is insane. Hmm. Wow. So then, so for any of the listeners, because again, because most of our listeners so far, are obviously like, quote unquote, obesity transformations and, and people trying to live right. healthier and happier lives. Um, so what does a date, because obviously cause you have celiac disease, which then you're gluten-free and you're and you lactose as well. What does a day <laughs> of the life of your eating normally look like? Just, just so have an understanding. Um, I'm big on meat. I do a lot of chicken. I do a lot of burgers. I do a lot of cheese and pepperoni. I'm not really keto per se because mm -hmm. I'll do like the gluten-free bread or I like cereal. I'm big on cereal. So I'll eat like checks or like the gluten-free rice krispies. Um, so I'm not, I'm not, like I said, I'm not keto per means, but I do eat a lot of more like meat and cheese. Um, I do love my potatoes, <laughs> but I, yeah, I mean, I, I joke around that I eat like a five-year-old because anything I do eat not on a bun normally, like I don't like my burger on a bun. I don't like my hot dog on a bun. <laughs> I, I, and I think it's years of like putting, like not realizing I need to be gluten-free and it making me sick. So it's just kind of a like bad memory. I can't eat it that way kind of thing. But yeah, I, I would say my day-to-day -day eating like a gluten-free for breakfast and lunch is some form of meat, 
And then dinner just depends on what the kid wants. It could be gluten-free pizza. It could be more chicken or burger. Um, some days I don't really eat, which is not good either. But right. until these surgeries, I never felt hungry. Like I just didn't. Hmm. And I woke up from my first surgery starving. Wow. And like I was talking to my friend and I was like, he's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get in and out because I'm starving. And hmm. he was like, who am I talking to? Like, I've known you for two years now, and I've never seen you eat. Like, who, who am I talking to? Yeah. Hmm. Wow, that's crazy. So, wait, besides the celiac, have do, did you ever know or do you know of any other food allergies that you may have? Um, I mean, there's probably more, and it's just, like, stuff that I've chosen not to eat now as, like, a picky eater. Because, right. I mean, it was the 80s, and if it wasn't a peanut allergy that made you stop breathing, yeah. nobody cared. <laughs> Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, you were just a picky eater. Right. But um, the two that I know of for sure is the celiac, which is the gluten, which is barley, wheat, malt, or rye, and then milk. I can't do dairy. I mean, I can do like cheese on its own, or I can have ice cream. I can't do like two in the same day. Gotcha. And I can't do protein drinks. We've, we've established that. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. So at, at what? At what age did you kind of figure out, not not the celiac thing, but like, hey, I have a problem that's, you know, it, the diet and exercise is not working. I'm not just fat because I'm eating. Um, like, did, when did you look at your parents and say, hey, guys, something's wrong. Like, something, something's going on here. Well, I mean, I've always been like the chubbier kid in the class, the chubbier kid in my family. I mean, mm -hmm. my brother was a little bit stocky, but he played football, so it was allowed. Right. And um, was dragged on, you know, every diet that my dad had done throughout, you know, my childhood. And my grandparents always said, like, you should be a stick. Like, you don't eat. Like, and everybody always agreed. Like, I don't eat enough to be the size I am. But nobody thought to like really look into it or see why that could be. And it just, it just went undone. It was just like, oh, well, it's unfortunate that she's fat. Like it was just kind of brushed off. And mm. it really wasn't until I started looking into it into myself for the lymphedema when I was, you know, pregnant with my son and miserable because pregnancy swelling adds to everything. And then just, you know, casually got the answer a couple years later about lipedema and it just all clicked into place. And I have pictures of me as young as eight where you can clearly see like the start of the lipedema shape in my legs and my upper arms. And it's just sad to me that if there had been, you know, someone speaking out on this, I wouldn't have had years and years wasted because there's so many things that this has stopped me from doing. And not because I like wanted it to, it just unfortunately happened. I right. mean, it's hard to go through the turnstile at a ball game. It's hard to sit in a little stadium seat. It's mm -hmm. hard to ride a ride at a roller coaster. Like, you know, you can't just do these things if you don't fit because the world's not built for us. Right. The world has their ideal size. And if you are too big, oh, well, like right. you just don't care. Right, right. No, a thousand percent. It's just, it's crazy because I think, you know, speaking in this conversation, we're not, we're, again, we're not talking on the side of obesity. We're not talking about or to somebody who had an eating disorder, who, you know, indulged, you know, on maybe a couple more Doritos that they should have. 
it, this is a total like there is something wrong there. You know, you you developed a, a sickness and now, you know, and I, I'm sorry, how old are you? I didn't even ask that in the beginning. Okay. So, so now 30 plus years later, you're finally getting answers and all this time passed you by and you know, you couldn't even do anything like that to me. I'm sitting here and I'm just like, holy fuck. Like someone, someone give Kara answers, please. Like, can we, can we do something here? Like, is there something we yeah. can do? Yeah, no, I mean, that, that's just mind boggling to me. Like it's crazy. And you, and you know, you would go to routine doctors and no one would ever, ever question it ever. No, it was always just, you know, you should lose weight. Okay. I mean, I was told like, I think four weeks after giving birth to my son, like I was given a pamphlet on gastric bypass and I was like, you know, I'm nursing a newborn, right? Like this isn't safe for me to have this surgery yet. Oh, well, just when you have downtime, read up on it. Like it was just so them to tell me when it's their sinus infection they're like you know while you're here we should talk about your weight i was like oh are my sinuses packed with fat is that why i can't breathe like yeah. is that the problem and like i mean my doctors i'm sure hated me when they saw me coming in because like i just didn't put up with it and it right. was like you know like i like i said I, I live in this body like i know it yeah. and i was always told oh you read too much online you read too much online and it, it's just frustrating. I mean, even my first pre-op appointment to get clearance for surgeries, my doctor ordered an EKG, which Dr. Jamie's office didn't order. So he ordered the EKG. I did it. And he's reading the results and said, fuck, your heart is healthy. Like, this is a doctor upset yeah. that my heart is healthy. And I was like, yeah, now how about those labs that the surgeon actually wanted? How are those? Yeah. He's like, oh, those were all clear. So you made me do unnecessary testing and you're upset that I'm healthy. Why are you a doctor? Right. Like, yeah. And it, it was just, it's, it's frustrating. That's, that's so interesting. Cause, cause again, uh, it's cause so a couple, little backstory on me, like my, my dad's an interventional cardiologist. So he, he was a heart attack doctor. Um, I have a biomed degree. So I was actually going to go into med school at one point when you're 410 pounds, which is <laughs> it's, it's irony to, to, for, for a piece of it. And it's so interesting following this. It's a balance because it's like, obviously, it's so interesting because we're learning so many things we never knew that were even possible. It's like, wait, wait, I thought I thought fat was just calorie deficit. If it was just calorie, de- like you get the calorie deficit, bro, as we just I talk about this all the time on podcasts, like they're morons. Uh, but it's like, it's it's also like, I, I, I would love to just get you kind of your feedback on the thought of, so if you don't have, um, lipodemia and you're not dealing with this issue, what's kind of your thought process on say, just obesity in general? What's like your, um, and health, what, what's your just a general thought process on it? My general thought is if it's not your body, keep your mouth shut. Like don't tell people how to live their life. Like you don't know what's going on in their life. You don't know that, you know, they're struggling with something and what's keeping them alive might be that junk food and it's better ultimately that they're alive than not is my like thought on it so like I've never and it might be from years of being told to lose weight and not being able to that I really hate that like someone telling me what to do it's also a redhead thing but Mm -hmm. like I I don't speak up on it if they're happy and it's not keeping them where I'm having to pay their bills or I have to take care of them it's not my business Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I have friends that are in the feeder feedy lifestyle where 
they're purposely trying to gain and get bigger. Not my thing, but it's not my place to judge. If it makes them happy and they're living their life and they're not, you know, being a burden to somebody with it, not my place to say anything. Just like it's not my place or it's not somebody's place to tell me how to live because they don't know my life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if someone wants to lose weight, great. I'll support you. If any of my friends, you know, started a diet or exercise journey, I'll be the first person cheering them on and checking in on them and doing what they want. But I'm also not going to be like, oh, how dare you? You didn't meet your goal this week. Like, I'm not, it's, it's not necessary. It's what they mm -hmm. want. If they decide four weeks into it that they have to take a break because they can't afford the gym or they can't afford the new lifestyle way of eating because they got a pay cut or something, I'm not going to put them down for it. Okay, we'll pick back up when you're ready. Like, it's someone's journey. It's not really my place to kind of enforce. Of course. I kind of, I kind of, I always try to do it the same way personally. It's, it's always interesting because having that obese life and like through mine, it was just eating like an a-hole and sitting around a lot. That, that, that was the reality of it. Um, but it's interesting because it's like, I'm the same way on the standpoint of an individual. It's like, yeah, if you, if, if that's the way you want to live, you want to eat on TV or like eat, what's it called? Uh, what were you saying it was called? Uh, there's people, that get paid. Yeah, there, there's, yeah. there's people that get paid to get to eat and it's fascinating. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's you want to live, do it. Like <laughs> now, if, if your health insurance goes up cause you're adversely hurting your body, you can't play the, you can't be mad that that right. happens. Or like John and I were saying on the, you can't fit on the airplane anymore. It's like, well, what do you want me to do? They're, they're right. just trying to make money. And so it, it's always this balance game, like where it's like, I, I love having you on here because it puts a check to me personally, like, cause I'm, I lean always more towards the, all right, you're probably just eating like an a-hole. Not always, but probably because right. I experienced it. Um, and that's where it's, it's nice to get a, a different set of eyes where it's like, well, actually I physically can't like, this is a genetic issue that I've dealt with that doctors kind of pissed me off because obviously they think that I'm doing this by choice and it's like I'm not doing this by choice right. um, and so it is interesting so I, I appreciate that so I mean I'll be, the, ahead, I'll be the first one I'll be the first one to admit like I don't eat like kale and health food shit 24 7 like there's definitely Doritos and there's definitely you know, other gluten-free cookies and snacks in my house. I mean, I do have a 12-year-old. I love Dr. Pepper way more than I should. Like, there's definitely stuff that I know I could cut out. But at the same time, I know I didn't eat, you know, enough Doritos to put me over 300 pounds. Right. Like, I didn't do it. You're not a food addict. No, I don't right. like food. Everybody's like, what's your favorite food? And I have to think about it. Like, I don't have a favorite food. I'm not a foodie. People will show me something. I'm like, eh. like, I've had to have exes remind me, like, have you ate today? And I'm like, oh, no, I probably should. Like, I, it's just not an important thing to me, which everybody automatically assumes because of my size that I, like, you know, have this laundry list of favorite foods and secret foods. No, and but no, I actually, I, I would like to flip that coin for a second. Do you think that you're not a foodie because people automatically kind of assumed that you were a, a certain size because you had a food addiction and you kind of just mentally pushed food onto the back burner because you just didn't want to fit that mold? No, I think it's more that like everything I ate made me sick. It made you sick. Gotcha. So I just didn't like any of it. It was like, mm -hmm. 
how is this enjoyable? <laughs> like, I, I didn't get it. Just like when we, when I first started like drinking at like, you know, everybody was like, oh, this is so great. I'd have one beer and it would make me so sick because it has wheat yeah. in it and I didn't realize it. And I was like, why is everybody getting like this? How is this good? If you're making, and then, but then I've discovered vodka. I do. That, well, that, I was about <laughs> to say like, that's actually a thing for me because my genetics is like, my liver does not deal with alcohol well. And so like. I, everyone else is drinking. I'm like, guys, if I have more than two to three alcoholic beverages, I'm so hung over the next day. It's not even worth it. Like this really? is even, fun. no, I can't do it. Like, like, it's so funny. All my friends know I'm the DD because I mm-hmm. there. It's just not enticing to me. Cause I know there's yeah. so much pain afterwards. Like this isn't, I'm sitting in my bed, rolling over, feeling like I'm going to puke for drinking three drinks. Like, no, yeah, that's crazy. That's, that's not fun. And I've never had a hangover a day in my life. And I finished <laughs> bottles of tequila. Um, <laughs> Wait, wow. so, so we're different? No, no I thought everyone was the same and everyone fits the exact same mold. Yeah. If you don't fit this mold, then you're wrong. Exactly. Right? I, and that, that's why I, I always, it is, I think it is so important to seek out perspective. Now, it may not change yours, but I think it's important to at least seek it out because it, it gives you some frame of reference where it's like, I, I would be the first to say most people that are overweight, it's because of their habits, but not all. Obviously, there's PCOS and all these other illnesses where it's like that just that was the cards they were dealt. I think we should all aspire to try to do what's best, even with the cards we were dealt. Mm-hmm. But like, I, I it, it is it is very unique to hear from your perspective because it's like you just so in a unique position, and yeah. uh, it's fascinating. I will also add that. A lot of people, I will say, are, you know, overweight due to habits, but we also need to look what caused those habits. Mm-hmm. Right. 100%. And I think, I think the mental health aspect oh, yeah. of what causes those habits is so, so underlooked. And like, I know I purposely was stubborn. and was like, I'm not going walking for a while because my dad used to wake me up at four in the morning in the summers to walk before it got hot. So to me, walking was not a fun thing. It was a punishment. So, like, I had to unlearn that. 100%. Just, so, I think the mental health side of what causes habits needs to be addressed a lot more. Oh, I agree. A thousand percent. Um, so, has anyone, now that you know that this is a genetic thing, ha- have you been able to look back and kind of see where in your family tree, if anyone else has had this, maybe a mild case of this, where this could have came from? Oh, my grandma has it. 100%. Oh, okay. She, like always complained about her tree trunk legs, but she thought as a kid, she thought maybe like something happened that got burnt, that like her legs then weren't growing right. So it was never really put together. But then I was talking about it and my aunt was like, oh no, grandma has a diagnosis of it. And I was like, who in my small town has diagnosed her? And I couldn't get an answer. Right, <laughs> like it was yeah. really, um, so my grandma has it. My aunt thinks she might have it. And then looking at pictures of my mom, I think she had like a stage one, like very start of it. She always complained that her thighs were like her problem area, but like, that's a lot of women. A lot of women Mm -hmm. say, oh, my thighs or my hips. But realistically, one in 11 women have this condition. Hmm. So those thighs and hips that they're complaining about are a legit problem. We're just trained in the social media world as not to like, a little bit Who of weakness wherever right. we have it. 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That, that's always like even my book, like uh, I w- it's it's health and happiness. It's it like there's a good balance to it. And like being being raw and honest with yourself of how much of is what you're dealing with health related, how much like I, I'm the first to admit I did a bodybuilding show and the amount of people that sit here and nitpick the value of their bodies based upon six pack abs is just crazy. Cause like oftentimes most of these people are that have six pack abs, if they're not genetically inclined are taking probably pretty bad drugs to get themselves there. So like, that's not healthy and it's not happiness either. Cause you're sitting here valuing yourself off of a body fat percentage that is unrealistic for, for most people. Right. And so like, I'm a huge, just like health and happiness, baby. Like let's, let's find that balance. If you want to eat 30 pounds of extra fat for, you want to eat some cheesecake and live a life sweet. Like that's healthy. You can still live in a, in a balance in that, in that realm. So little, little thought from my perspective. So what was, what was that first kind of like, you know, life buoy that was thrown to you? Like when you finally got an answer, like what direction now did Kara go into? Like you, you find out you have it. Where do you go from there? How do you, how do you combat it? What's the next step? So I, you know, found out I had it and was just kind of like living with it, you know, felt like I wasn't going to get the answers or get any help because the only real answer I was told was like, oh, surgery is pretty much your only option. And it's not covered by insurances for the most part because it's considered cosmetic. And so I kind of had just come to terms with like, well, this is, this is what I'm going to be. Like, I'm going to be this size and this hair shaped and that's it. And you're going to either, you know, take it or see ya kind of thing. And then I was dating an ex and he convinced me to do an Instagram. We kind of started it on a dare. He thought I would have a lot of followers. I thought he was crazy. And so I thought I was going to prove him right. And this is the only time I will admit that he was right. But um, started the Instagram. And at first it wasn't even lymphedema or lymphedema related it was just like plus size kind of fashion because I'd always been told I dressed really well for my size which is kind of insulting like you dress good for being fat (laughs) you know but so I just started showcasing what I was wearing and then I had some you know of those wonderful internet trolls attacking my legs and one day the redheaded temper just came out and I was like, yeah, I have these conditions and here's my compression stockings and this is what's going on. And just kind of spilled it all out there and started using the hashtag for the conditions. And I had so many women reach out and it just kind of went from there. And then I had Barcroft, which is like a little company over, you know, in the Mm -hmm. UK. And they're like, we want to film you for a day. And I was like, my life's not that exciting, but okay. And <laughs> um, so they came and they filmed me with like the body positive group that I'm a part of here in Pittsburgh area and some interview questions and then getting a tattoo because tattoos are big on me, like embracing like my shape and size. I mean, I have the full sleeve and the Muppet thigh piece and uh, Muppet thigh piece there. is sick. So nice. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And I just, the Barcraft took off. Um, it's been less than two years and it hit 3 million views on YouTube. Wow. And through it, like my Instagram started to balloon and then they released it on a Snapchat feature. 
And I went to bed not knowing that they released it to Snapchat and woke up with 5,000 new followers and more messages than I could keep. Wow. Hello. And it went kind of crazy from there. And then since I was getting more and more connections in the lipedema world, um, I was coming across more and more doctors. And I came across Dr. Jamie, and I was going to be out in L.A. for some photo shoots and booked a consult. And that was a year ago, last October. And the minute I met him, I was like, this guy finally gets it. Like, I finally feel heard and understood by, like, a medical profession. I mean, we were, he was mid-sentence talking about something else as I was taking off my compression stocking, and he dropped to his knees on the floor and grabbed my ankle and turned to the office girl that was in the room with us and was like, we're going to do this, this, and this, and then this, this, and this, and like just started a game plan and then turned back to me and was like, oh, I'm sorry. He was like, I just, your ankle cuffing so bad. Like I have to address it. And I was like, no, like I finally felt like a doctor believed me. Mm-hmm. And he never once told me to lose weight, never once asked my weight, never once told me to change up my diet, never once mentioned BMI. It was never about the fat to him. Like he knew this was a condition that none of that mattered. Like it didn't affect it. It didn't change it. And he was like, we're going to do what we can to help you. And I was kind of like, yeah, thanks. But I'm a single mom with zero help back home. So I kind of just wanted confirmation that like I do have this from a specialist and then he was like I'm talking to these tv show can I please tell them your story and he's the one that pushed for me to be a part of you know everything and that's how I end up then coming into contact with you <laughs> yeah yeah so for those that don't know uh that special project that I've been talking about for quite some time uh Kara is a part of it Kara is going to add a whole new dynamic uh, to the uh, television show, which is exactly why I wanted her on here. Like I said, totally different, totally different standpoint, totally different views. Dr. Jamie, I've sat down with him. He's a really cool guy, very hands-on. I hope to use him in the future. Um, but my question is, he's one of like very few doctors that specialize in what you need done, right? Right. Okay. So can you kind of walk us through this special type of lipo that you have done and, and like what it entails? So um, most lipedema doctors do, there's a very, there's like a few different types of lipo you can do that get rid of it. Um, but the reason I went with Dr. Jamie is because he also does a manual extraction, which if you do not like pimple popular. Oh, it's so videos, cool. It's so cool. It's wild. Don't check out my stuff. If you like them, they're the best videos to watch. But what he does is after he does the lipo um, and removes the smaller lipedema nodules that he can with the liposuction he makes different incisions along the legs and then manually massages the bigger nodules out and it is to me it's absolutely fascinating it's so satisfying it's, yeah <laughs> it's i used to watch his videos and be like i wish those were my legs and now i'm like that's my leg like that's you get to see a hit of muppet or you can or he's yeah. using the muppet's mouth to that's so cool. That's so funny. And I, yeah, I think it's, but, but then you look at it and it's like, you can tell it's different. Like you can just oh, see yeah. how different it's, of what you're dealing with is. Normal healthy fat has like a whitish texture. This is like a yellowy gold orange. Mm-hmm. 
And like literally the one lipedema nodule I just posted on my Instagram the other day is like the size of a chicken nugget. Like yeah, that's crazy. Huge. And then like some of the other ones that he's squeezing out are like definitely like chunks. Like, so, it's so are they hard? Like, oh yeah, this isn't normal. Yep. Are they hard? Like what are they? Yeah, they're very fibrotic. Yeah, they're, they're very. Yeah, it's very fibrotic. It's yep. like um. Trying to think like the best way. Think to of like an eyeball. It. That's like my yeah, thought. That's, like, that's, think yeah, of, like, that's what eyeball. I kind of feel. Yeah. Like that's just, touch yeah, my it's eye. very yeah. like. Yeah. You know when like a gummy candy gets bad and it's yes. like kind of hard. Yes. Like, yeah. Or when circus peanuts get rock hard. Uh-huh, <laughs> like uh-huh. it's, it's it's similar to that. Like it's definitely like I mean there's a little bit of squeeze, but like you can squeeze them and they don't fall apart. Like, gotcha. They've got substance to them and you you've held you've held the nodules i would imagine right no they won't really? let me they say like safety reasons they're not allowed to like let patients touch but them after it just came out of my body <laughs> put it in a jar man i want yeah some. right i want some i was like i was i was like can't we pretend this is like the 80s when they would like send you home with your tonsils in a jar like can, right. I, can i have one and he keeps he keeps telling you know I've joked that like I won't document it or tell anybody, but yeah. I still get told now. So <laughs> now are you awake right during now, it? No. Okay. Um, some some doctors in this field do do it where the person's like just in twilight and they're like alert for it. No, thank you. I, <laughs> <laughs> that does not appeal to me at all. I will watch it after the fact. I don't need to be alert for it. Um, I think for the fact that he's a little bit more aggressive with the manual extraction, it's better that like we're out for it. But I know like there's another one in LA that the girls are awake and he asked them to like flip over on the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or re- nope. Yeah, I don't know why. I, I was under the, the, uh, pre- uh, the, I just thought you were awake during it. I don't know why. Um, yeah, no, I couldn't. Uh, yeah, so, it's, go ahead. I was just, I was going to say like, it's, it's always interesting for me because I, I have a very unique perspective on just general health. Cause it's like, I can think in the very scientific dad's a doctor hearing what they have to say. Cause I went down that route. And then I'm also like, all right, we got to stop putting doctors on these pure pedestals. Cause there's a ridiculous oh, yeah. amount of information out there. And you're telling me they know it all. You're, you're, you're naive. I, I, I always laugh and I, I, I jab at my dad a little bit. I'm like, dad, you guys weren't taught anything on nutrition, like literally nothing, like just nothing. Uh, and, and again, it's not, it's not blaming them. It's just the system at hand. They're just not taught nutrition. They just aren't. It's like three hours out of their entire career is on nutrition. And, um, and so it is important to like trying to, trying to find that, that super unique out of the box doctor that's willing to be like, you know what? this just isn't adding up. We should really look into this. And finally, like out of the umpteen tens of thousands of doctors, you find the one it's, it, that's gotta be a good feeling. It's, uh, he has hands down changed my life and like, I could never repay him enough. I mean, I got his logo tattooed. That's so awesome. <laughs> but that's like, that doesn't even, you know, make a dent though. This did make him tear up which I was a little bit excited about, but, um, yeah, I like, we just actually talked about this when I was out there and, you know, he said that like, he sent it, my Instagram post about it to like all his friends and family and was like, you know, this is probably like the highest honor that I will receive in my career. And 
like so I was awesome. like, well, you've you've changed my life, and he was like, you know, you've changed ours out here, and like that made me tear up because like I don't feel like I'm really doing anything. I mean, I, I know I'm doing stuff and I'm helping with the condition, but like in regards to him and his office, like I don't feel like I'm doing much. And so to hear that, like, I'm helping their perspective on this and I'm changing things and I'm, you know, it, it means a lot. Mm-hmm. No, you're, you're a thousand percent changing lives. Um, you know, finally, I feel like, you know, people in this realm have an advocate, you know, everyone always needs an advocate. And luckily, you know, now they have Kara, which I think that's beautiful. I think that's awesome. Um, because you're very raw, you know, um, we've had a few opportunities to speak together, you know, uh, we've definitely gotten closer now that we're a part of this project. Um, and that's one of the main things that I've noticed about you. You you don't really give a fuck. You know, you're raw as hell. Um, <laughs> when we have our little cast meetings, you're always the first to pipe in and say, hey, guys, I'm not a weight loss person. Like, I don't yeah. give a shit about any of this. Like, I'm going to be really honest with you. And then there's me on the other side of my phone. I'm like, yes, absolutely. Thank you. Finally. I, like, yeah, no, I mean, and I and I and I everyone needs that person. Everyone needs that advocate. Um, so you've touched, obviously you've touched, you know, tens of thousands of people. Um, you're going to have, you're going to have trolls that just comes with the territory. Um, you know, before we got on the call before, you know, you were, you were kind of telling me you're dealing with something a little bit right now. What is, what is that like? What is, what is the troll life to you now? Like how, how does that even make you feel? Like what is, how does that put you in a mental state? I mean, for the most part, it doesn't really bug me. I think it's because, you know, for 30 some years, I was used to being told you're fat, lose right. weight, do this, do that. So like when you hear it and when you hear it from your own family, I mean, my dad told me at 16, if I stayed this fat, I wouldn't find somebody to love me. Right. So like when you hear it from people that should love you no matter what, hearing it from a stranger on the internet, like, oh, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. or like, oh, you could have been more clever with that. Right. From the friend with comedian for years, I analyze it as like the poor do better. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> it it hits me when it's stuff like the one I got today, where today was um, attack on me complaining that I was tired nine days post op. That I've done nothing but complain since I've had surgeries, which I don't really think is true, but. Um, I've had, you know, done nothing but complain since I've had surgery and that it's not fair that I'm getting them for free, which is not the case. I am 100% paying for my surgeries and I'm struggling in every other aspect of my life because of it. Like, uh, you know, electric one month, gas the next, so that I have money for surgery. And so like, it's, it's not something that's just being handed to me. And, um, you know, I'm being told that I'm using a quack doctor, but they didn't even use the right doctor in this insult. Yeah. They told me that I went with a different doctor than what I've mentioned in like every single my post for years now that I've done with Dr. Jamie. Um, and it was just like, you know, I don't even know why they took their time out of the day to bother this. Like it was a rant. Like it was a yeah, long classic. rant. It was and hefty. it was. And it was, you know, how I'm a horrible person and that I just need to shut my mouth because that's how I'll actually lose weight and that it's all in my stomach. And like they kept pointing to my stomach, like my stomach was this issue and that like that counteracts me having this condition because I have a stomach as well. And I find it funny because literally like two posts before this post, 
was all about how one of the huge like names in Olympedema world, Dr. Karen Earp, had been at Dr. Jamie's office and told me that I'm a classic condition for this and that my stomach is all lipedema and she's never seen it that bad. And she was a little bit excited about it, mm. but like that's the nerdy scientific side of them. They get really into like having another thing to study and prove that this is like a legit condition. And so I had just done this whole post about how my stomach is all lipedema. And then like they turn around today and try to insult me that because I have a stomach as well you know, I can't possibly have this mm-hmm. condition. And it's like, you know, I it's just- a, It's I, a 17 year old fit bro that's yeah. just like acting like he knows what he's talking No, I completely agree. I always view it as like, oh, what big girl turns you down that you're not upset at the rest of us? Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of how I look at it, but- That's yeah. crazy. It, it's it's so interesting because it's like, I, 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 I'm having, it's, how do I, we're talking this live. So like, I'm sitting here trying to extrapolate out because I've never talked to you up until right now. Yeah. So like, I, I, I like the way of, I don't want to pre-curse questions because then I don't, because then I'm navigating something I don't, may not understand. And so it's like, okay. you go and have the conversation. And it's always so interesting because it's like, it's like for me, for example, I would just talk about the last, last conversation. I'm, I'm all advocate to like, Hey, the idea that the six pack abs and, and being a size three is considered health. And it's just, there's a lot more dynamic to it than that. Like, that's just not true, but it's, right. it's always so interesting trying to find where is this healthy balance of like, all right, how, how do I convey health? And like knowing the, th- this is a, this is a, not always, but normally a nasty path to heart disease and this and this and this. So conveying to someone like, Hey, outside of lipidemia and like outside of these groups, it's like, okay, I'm all for living within, with, within the lifestyle you want to live. Where, where do you, because you kind of said it earlier, which is like the whole, Hey, the way you want to live is the way you want to live. I, what would be your tactic, say for doctors, for example, that outside of your lipidemia, what would be your way of having a doctor have a conversation with someone who's obese about their issue. You get what I'm saying? I think how, this would be my approach. And this is kind of how I approach it even with the lipedema. When that, when I see a woman that clearly has it and I want to talk about it, I approach it of like, hey, do your legs hurt? Do you have like, I try to approach it gently. Or if I notice I'm looking at my tattoos, I kind of like work it in that way about like, oh, this tattoo hurt worse or my leg hurt worse because I have this condition and I try to like slide it in on my perspective. But I feel a doctor's office should bring it up like almost when you check into that kiosk, it should be, you know, would you like information not want to discuss? It should just be from the start. It should be like check in. Yes, I'm willing to talk about it. No, I'm not. And unless I'm being wheeled in on an ambulance, like, you know, on a stretcher because I had a heart attack, I chose not to talk about my weight. Don't tell me about it. Like, unless it becomes life or death that they need to point it out, I don't need to hear about it every single time I go in there. And so I feel like it should be a thing where you can check, I'm willing to talk about it today, or I don't want it brought up today. And just have it as simple as that. Because honestly, we live in a world that if you're not a size two or a six, you know that you should lose weight. Because right. that's what's pushed on everybody. Right. 
And so there's no, it's not like, you know, the news isn't out there and people are clueless to this. So there's I, no need I would to say tell the them, every, there's no need to tell them every appointment. No, I, I always love that one, which is like, when I am working with someone, or like conveying the message of say, just, just natural, like obesity, obviously we're, we're talking, you got a hundred hundred to 150 plus pounds of fat, non-lipo, uh, lipidemia. And it's like, you ask them what's healthier drinking Dr. Pepper or drinking water. Everyone's be like, well, water, what's healthier eating <laughs> baked chicken with some asparagus or McDonald's baked chicken with asparagus. So like, it's like, they're not naive to like, right. Oh, yeah. I have, wait, wait, McDonald's is not very good for you. I had no idea. Right. And it's like working with someone on impact of like, Hey, I, I'm, I'm not here to, to, to look at you, look down upon to your actions. I want to help you. And like, I want to have you help you live the healthiest and happiest life you can live. That's why you come to me. Like, that's why you come to me as a doctor to try to live a healthy and happy Doctors have no idea of mental either. That's for no. darn sure. Yeah. Um, and uh, the idea of what my dad always says, bedside manner. Doctors have terrible bed, bedside manner. Um, yeah. And so like where it is so interesting trying to always try to, because perfection's a myth. Progress is the goal. Perfection's a myth. And it's like, okay, doctors are definitely shortcoming in this and this and this area. How do we get them in a better position in the future? And like, it's it's very interesting because like you go to a polar position now it's like all right that's definitely bad let's navigate this way and so right. yeah it's so, so it is so interesting because i mean I, I have the same i had the actually exact opposite when i was 18 or no 16 and i'm i'm 310 pounds by the time i'm 16 and this doctor is telling me like i, I find out i have a system a pituitary gland in my brain and that was a possibility at why I was the way that I was. And this doctor did tell me, he was an endocrinologist. He's, he looks at me and he goes, David, we may be able to put you in the Sahara Desert and you may not lose weight. I, he's like, I, I don't know. I, he, and he had that humbling standpoint of like, I don't know why you're here, um, okay. which, was, which was definitely nice to, to have a position of a doctor just at least saying, I don't know. <laughs> like right. I, I, I have my ideas, but I'm not a hundred percent sure on why you're in the position you're in. And so it is, it is having a doctor be able to humbly say, I don't know, I think is a, a huge place to be. <laughs> right. hundred well, percent. Even, even with like your little questionnaire about, you know, water versus Dr. Pepper or, you know, baked chicken versus McDonald's. It's even not that cut and dry. If it's, you know, they eat, four chicken nuggets from McDonald's or they go home and they eat a whole chicken because it's baked and healthier. Is that really healthier? True. So like there's, there's way more into it. So it can't be this generic cut and dry, like right. four questionnaire thing. It really needs to be individualized and like, again, with the mental health aspect. And so I really feel like it should be our, our medical field in america needs, needs to change, over yeah. change like it yeah. needs overridden yes. so bad and it needs to be a, like okay so we feel you should you know maybe address your health issues but let's address mentally why we're to the stage mm -hmm, and right. then once you start to understand this then we can get you motivated to maybe change this right and no, like 100%. that's really what it goes down to and right. i mean i i think i've just kind of had the approach of like 
I don't give a fuck since early on. I think it's partly the red hair. I think it's really just my nature. Um, but it was also, I know for a fact, it was a self-defense mechanism. It was right. like, mm-hmm. you're going to stare at me anyways. Satisfaction of being upset. I can the satisfaction of a reaction. And it was just like, I am who I am. And ironically, a lot of people were like, drawn to it and you know like oh she doesn't care why should I care like I can still you know I have a kid I had a marriage I have I work I live a life I traveled all over with comedians I worked with some of the yeah I worked with Stephen Lynch Louis Black Jim Gaffigan Tom Hoppe like I worked with some great names I traveled all over like I lived life it might have been slower it might have been in pain but I lived life like I'm I don't regret anything like and so why should I let you think that your little comment mm-hmm. bothering me? Right. Mm-hmm. So what do you do for work? Um, now I'm like client servicing for a credit card company uh, just because I can't not have a steady paycheck with having a kid. Like it would drive me mentally insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not like I, I mean, I wish I could do something more in the lipedema world and like, you know, I think 2020 shutting down and not having like conferences and people traveling and speaking in big groups kind of changed up my plans a little bit. Cause I was hoping to be able to do more and do some like paid events and speaking things and all of that. Um, so, you know, right now I'm just working this, you know, typical nine to five job because my mental state, like I need to make sure we've got rent and food covered right. and you know, I can't just branch out like I would like to. No, of course. Um, can you tell me a little bit about the piece of artwork behind you? Because I know that you're, you're forever changing that, and uh, I want to know more about it. Yeah, so before my first surgery, my dear friend James came over, and we put a painter's canvas, like, drop cloth down and traced the outline of my pre-lipedema surgery body. And um, it was way, way more mentally um, hitting than I thought it would be. Because I think most people think of themselves as shoulder width apart. So when you're walking through life and moving, you think, okay, shoulder width. Like, and then like those hips are not shoulder width. And so I remember standing up from the first time and looking back down on it on the ground and I like burst into tears. And he probably had never seen me cry to up to this point. So it was like, I'm sorry, I'm not like and it just like it really really hit me um i've taken pictures where i'm standing in it and my shoulders there's a good like five inches on each side and it's like this is why i constantly bumped my hips off of everything and had bruises and didn't really realize what i was doing um and then before this last surgery he came over and i laid back down on it and we filled in um we so we re-outlined and then like the thicker gray now is like what I've lost um, since the surgery. And it's a little bit deceiving because, you know, when you lay down, you kind of like melt out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so I've lost a little bit more than like what it shows here, but, you know, it's kind of- No, I think that that's really cool. I think that's, that's cool. incredible, yeah. Um, so how many surgeries does Dr. Jamie think you're going to need and how many have you had? So initially when we first talked, he said between six to eight and we've done three so far. Um, not really sure if the six to eight is still the number. It's one of those things where you don't really know till you kind of get in there. 
Right. Um, and see, because I mean, safely, you can only remove so many liters at a time uh, before your body kind of freaks out. So, um, how many liters is that? Are you removing at a time? Uh, so the first surgery, my friend of my lower legs, we removed six liters of damaged wow. lymphedema fat. And then my saddlebag hip area, which is the second surgery, um, I think we removed close to like eight. Wow. And then my thighs, he said that he removed six by the cannula, which is typical lipo, and then close to another six manually. So almost 12. Wow. Yeah, my thighs are like empty 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 in the front it is the weirdest thing to me right now um they're a little bit i mean they're still very swollen at the moment from like post-op swelling and all of that but like the brief moment after surgery before they started to swell and i have like a picture and it's just like it's yeah. the weird like cause i was like <laughs> i've never seen like i can when i stand up now like i see stomach and then my feet i don't see thighs which I don't think I've, like, I can't remember that other than maybe being pregnant when my stomach was out. Right. That's incredible. I look down and see size. So it's really, really, um, so far the Muppet tattoo looks amazing. It does not look <laughs> <laughs> like it's taking any, you know, too much damage here. So we'll see how that kind of. Yeah. Is, is that something that you're worried about? I mean, obviously you have to be right. Like, that some of your tattoos are going to get some damage. They're going to look different. Yeah. I mean, when I first consult with him, he was like, do you have any questions? And I like, I was in a gown and the gown was open. because He'd been looking at the tattoo and I was like, how much damage? <laughs> like moving my hands, like over my thigh. And I was like, I know it's a dumb question, but I have to ask. And he was like, I'll try my best. <laughs> he was like, I don't really know. And I said, no, I get it. And I said, you know, ultimately removing the pain right and stopping the progression is more important than ink i said it's just i literally finished the tattoo that august and met him in october <laughs> so it was still very like new and i love it i mean my tattoo artist is amazing and um so i didn't really want it messed up he did say that instead of doing his typical like pull to one side stylus he would have to like pull it on both sides and seam on the back so that like he wasn't distorting their faces if I have to have a thigh lift. Um, so that was going to be my next question. After all this, are you going to, you know, get a, a thigh lift? You know, are you going to have other, you know, skin removal surgeries after all this is completed? So um, the way we've talked is he's talking about doing my stomach next, which threw me off completely when he mentioned it at this surgery because when we first initially talked stomach was the last thing he was going to do so now all of a sudden to switch it up and do it next like i don't know how to mentally prepare for that right um and we're talking but, about the lipedema procedure not like a tummy tuck or anything like that well it's it's kind of like a tummy tuck because um that's the easiest way to remove the lipedema and the all of the excess skin that goes along with it cool um, because lipedema tends to do not everybody, but a lot of the women have what they call the B belly, mm -hmm. where it's like the two rolls, so that when you stand from the side, it looks like the capital B. Gotcha. So because of that, and the way that like that's not just going to completely like retract back on its own. So what he does is he does like you know larger scale tummy tuck, and he said he would go in and he would like you know cut out the section that he doesn't need. 
and then do some manual removal and a little bit of lipo of the rest of the lipedema that's around the area that he's keeping. And then when like close the skin back up, um, mm. the stomach one kind of like, oh, it seems like a lot to me and I'm not fully ready for it. He also talked about with that, he could do kind of like a little bit of a mini thigh lift where he's pulling the skin up and as he's pulling it up, it'll pull the, scat, the thigh skin up a little to help with some of that tightening. Mm-hmm. Um, but he even said that my skin is already retracting on the thighs really well, that I might not need as much of a lift as we thought um, because my skin's healing really well. The only other like skin area that would probably need something would be because of like right. how my, like how drastic this is. Right. But, you know, he could just kind of pull Ursula around. This would be fine. I'm more worried about this because, I mean, there's no gap in tattoos here. Right. But, you know, if it has to be done, it has to be done. He did say that he thinks that, like, doing just the lipo in this area, that this should retract enough because my lower legs did. Right. So, um, that's, that's fantastic. If it's a sacrifice, it's a sacrifice. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I'm sure my tattoo artist can touch up or fix up anything. But, I mean, he did that video where he cut open Statler's mouth and had, you know, lipedema coming out of it. You can't even tell he was sliced open. Like he has oh. healed wow. perfectly. Like even I went to, when I went to get this done, I showed my tattoo artist my thigh and he was like, you can't even tell. Like he was like, so. That's amazing. Uh, for those yeah. that are listening just on an audio version of this podcast, she has a really, really sick, Muppets tattoo on her thigh and on her arm that she just showed us. She has like, I think it's all the Disney villains. Is that what it is? Yeah. It's Ursula, Corella, Jafar, Hades, Gaston. That's so dope. I'm so, I, I love Disney um, and the Muppets. So <laughs> I have a science um, question before we start to wrap this bad boy up. Uh, so question for you. So, cause this is something I'm the science guy. I try to look, look at as much as I can. Um, is there a difference be- when it comes to lipidemia comes when it comes to subcutaneous fat versus visceral fat? Oh yeah, that's a really good question. Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> so, so subcutaneous is like just underneath the skin, which is like obviously mostly your thighs and your stuff. So, like for example, like like do you have a, like a fatty liver or anything, or is it all that's all normal? That's all normal, from what yeah. I understand. And like lipidema, you can feel it. Like, mm-hmm. um, just like smooth, like butter. Like, mm-hmm. you know, most people when they're, you know, just regular fat, if you rub the area, it's smooth. Like you don't feel it. But like if I like rub my arm or my stomach, it is nodules. Like you could feel them. Like my stomach has like little ripples. Like it looks like those Orby squeeze balls mm-hmm. where like you like the stress ball where you squeeze and there's all those like you can see it, you can feel it. So it's definitely something that's like, that's why it frustrates me that it's considered cosmetic and there's no test to figure this out because it's a visually different type of fat and you could feel it under the person's skin. I'm not saying go approve lipo for every, you know, mom that wants the mommy makeover, but for the women that you can prove has this different texture of fat, approve it. Yeah, like, it's, like, I mean, it's like excess skin rule is the same way. Yeah, it's, like, it's a pain in the ass. It's, it's like, all right, so this kid loses 200 pounds to live a healthier healthier life, and then you're not going to pay for the excess skin rule when he did such a great job. At, and he needs it. 
and he like yeah. getting infections and yeah. yeah no it's a battle we all play it's stupid that's that's why i told dr jamie use any of my stats use any of my before and after pictures use them he's on the board of um standards to try to get this covered by insurance you know i said you don't have to blur out my face you don't have to blur out the tattoos like use me like you say i'm the poster child make me the poster child make this known and like I had a hard time getting insurance to cover it because I don't have that stack of doctor's appointments and hospital stays because right. other than this condition and having There's to be free, like I was healthy and I didn't go to the doctor for every little cold because I was tired of being told just to lose weight. So I didn't go. So I don't have that stack of medical documents to back me up on anything. And so we're trying to prove the fact now as we remove stuff and that my life improves, like that it was right. medically necessary. And so I, so I told him, I was like, use me to get this covered for other women. You know, at one point, gastric bypass wasn't covered and it now is by a lot of insurances. So let's get this, you know, the next thing and let's get it. Cause I mean, even my doctor going into the pre-op, for the surgery was like I could understand why you'd want to take the easy way out and have surgery and I was like oh first of all every time I walk into your office you're pushing gastric bypass on me so that surgery is okay because you could do it locally and benefit from it but because I'm going somewhere else and actually yeah. helping my condition it's, it's the easy way out mm-hmm. and he was just like uh uh here's your paperwork right. <laughs> he didn't know what to say to me but like yeah it's I mean so really quick before we wrap up this podcast, yes. um, this condition is it is it mostly found in women? Only found in women, um, or anyone any walk of it life? Is, it is mostly found in women. They say one in eleven women have it. Um, they think it's hormone based that it kicks in with like puberty, pregnancy, menopause. Um, so there's always the fear of like you know is menopause going to kick in and it's going to come back for me. I'm hoping that we've aggressively removed it enough and I know what to look for now that I can keep it in check by the time mm-hmm. I get to that point. Um, but mostly in women, I feel like we're going to kind of see a little bit of a surge in it um, as more women transition to men. Okay. Because right. they'll still have the hormones of women. Right. So they just identify as men. So I think it eventually will kind of branch out more but it'll be more classified based on if you have a certain level of this hormone, you can have this condition and how I think it's going to end up being gotcha. classified. Um, but it is based, so mostly based in women. I, t- I tell you what, but like just hearing how you talk, you can tell that it's still not like this. Well, this is the way it is. Like you're, you're, you're very much like, well, Hey, if, if the signs, if menopause hits and the signs are right, I'll figure it out. We're going to keep yep. this in check. I just, I, I love the fact that you are acknowledging it's there and you're still like, Hey, I'm going to figure this out. Like, yeah. You've never had a woe is me attitude towards this. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't no. no, I love it. It's so refreshing. It's, it's, it's amazing. Um, another question I wanted to ask quick, um, how, obviously after you get any sort of surgery, you know, you have to recover, but from recovery, you know, when do you start to notice, not really, you know, that it's dissipating or, or whatever the case may be, but the pain? Because I know that you said a, a lot of this, you know, pain comes with it just naturally. So when do you kind of get yes. that relief? I woke up from each surgery with a lipedema pain gone. Oh, wow. Like, okay. I woke up 
and my lower leg, they didn't feel like they were going to explode. They weren't sore. I overstepped going into the recovery apartment because I'm used to lifting heavier legs and I lifted harder than I needed to. Right. Um, when we did the saddlebags, I was hours post-op and I rolled over in bed to get something and I realized I'm laying on my hip and it wasn't hurting. Hmm. And I couldn't lay on my hips before. It hurt way too bad. Right. Um, and then with this surgery, like my, it's been raining here the last two days in Pennsylvania. And normally a storm would have my legs ache and my thighs aren't hurting. I mean, they're tight from swelling still. And there's like a little bit of like, you know, that, but the lipedema pain, not there. Now, lipedema pain, I know we talked about it earlier, but just so I'm clear, it's more of a like, you get a bad bruise and that bruise constantly hurts type pain or it's like what like can you kind of put a it, on a on a good day it was a just a constant dull ache it was just okay. like my legs were like hey something's not right pay right. attention to us on a bad day it was like touch me like keeping the cat the dog away from me oh wow okay you know, the, the blanket felt too heavy you know, sitting a certain positions, I had to change up because it was putting pressure on certain parts of my legs, um, or they would be tight with the extra buildup of fluid that they gotcha. felt like they were going to like pop open. Gotcha. Gotcha. Wow. All right. Well, you know, Kara, I appreciate, like, this has been so eye opening to, to me. I mean, me yeah, this, this is, this has been amazing. I really do. I appreciate it. We've been going for an hour and 20 minutes. Um, this was spectacular um i know i kind of say that at the end of a lot of podcasts but like seriously this was different and refreshing and i feel like i learned a lot today i learned a lot about you um i learned a lot about something that i really did not know existed um so i i appreciate that from you i think that you're an amazing advocate um before we wrap this up i like to ask two two very specific questions at the end of the podcast that i ask all the guests um, before I ask that one question, those two questions though, excuse me, I want to ask you if you could, for people who are listening at home, who think that they might have a similar condition as you, what are some signs that they should look for? And what are some things that they should tell to, you know, talk to their doctors and what they should say? So some of the signs are like just the constant pain in the legs, the uneven, like disposition of like fat. So like if your top half is really small, but then you've got like giant upper arms or your hips or your thighs. Like it's normally disproportionate. Like I always joke that I look like those books of the kid where you flip through and you've got like half an astronaut, and half fireman, <laughs> like they don't match up, you know, kind of thing. And so like when you feel like your, your shape or your size, it doesn't quite match. Right. Um, or, you know, you know that you're active and you're, you know, not eating a ton of junk and you're doing a lifestyle but you just can't lose the weight in certain spots. It could be an issue. Like I said, if you push on your skin and you feel that I joke around, I feel like a beanbag at times. Like if you push on your skin and you feel the little nodules, that could be a sign that your body's reacting this way. Um, check out my Instagram. You can shoot me a message. I'm happy to answer some questions. Again, I'm not a doctor or a specialist in this. I just live with it. So I try to tell from my perspective. Um, there's a bunch of other women that I can connect people with if I feel like they match with a different stage or different type better. Um, and just check with doc. Just keep telling the doctors about it. Doctors don't know. And so it's just, you know, keep telling the doctor. Like, I think I have this condition. And when they tell you, oh, you pay attention online too much, say, okay, but can you look into it? And just keep 
being that voice because really we, it comes down to like, we have to be our own voice. I, I appreciate that. So uh, I'm going to throw some questions at you and <laughs> I hope you're ready. All right. Okay. Cool. Kara, if you could go back in time and talk to 11 year old Kara, whose dad's waking her up at four o'clock in the morning to go on a morning run before, you know, a morning walk, excuse me, before it gets too hot out. What is something that you would go back and tell her right now, knowing what you know now? I would tell her to go along with it because he's struggling mentally with something that's beyond her and her shape and size. It was more his issues than like her being wrong. And that one day she'll get the answers that she needs. Like it will get better. I like that. All right, cool. Now I would like you to provide me with three pieces of advice for anybody listening to this podcast has, it could be to do with nothing that has to do with what we talked about today. It could be anything you want, but three good pieces of advice. Um, my one piece of advice that I tell everybody, if they are not paying your bills, if they are not living in your house, if they are not supporting your life and improving it, their opinion and thought does not matter. So don't let what, you know, somebody on Instagram has to say, bring you down, or even somebody in real life that you know, if they're not in charge of your job or your paycheck or your house, let it go in one ear and out the other. So that's my big one to anybody. I tell my kid that, I tell my friends that, I tell myself that, that's my big one. Like if they're not in your life or in control of it for some way, they don't factor in. Um, for people struggling with, you know, appearance and how they look, if you like how you are, embrace it. You want to wear the crop top, wear it. You want to wear the shorts, wear them. You have compression stockings, show them off. If they don't want to be seen with you how you are, they're not worth being seen with. And I, I think the last one is, and I, I kind of, this is my advice kind of to the moms that always kind of tend to put themselves at last because that's what we do as moms. Like they tell us on airplanes, if you don't put your mask on first, you can't help other people. You have to make yourself a priority because if you don't, no matter how much you think giving up the surgery or giving up the piece of equipment you need to improve your life because you want to take the kids on the vacation, if you're not around in three more years because of your health, that vacation memory is not going to matter to them. They would have rather have mom, you know, there for another 10 years for random little house memories than just a Disney trip. Wow. That one gave me goosebumps. No, I really like that. <laughs> yeah. That one was really good. Um, David, before we put a bow on this bad boy, you have anything you want to add? Uh, I appreciate the perspective. I appreciate sharing the raw, honest uh, position that you're in. Cause I think it's important to, I feel like in this day and age, it's very rare. (laughs) And so I I learned a lot from you and I appreciate you taking time out of your day to, uh, to share it with us. Well, thank you. I know this isn't typically like, you know, the direction of the podcast and that's why I, that's why I had reached out to you, you know, separately and said like, Hey, I'm willing to talk, but if it's not, you know, your thing, I get it. But I also know that a lot of the women on a weight loss journey that would be following you might be struggling because their thighs aren't Truth. going down or their yeah. arms and they're beating themselves up for it when they don't need to be. And so Definitely. that's why I wanted to say, Hey, you know, you've 
you've got people that might be struggling with it. That don't Definitely. It. I mean, little sidebar. I mean, not that it matters, but it's crazy you say that because 98% of my following is actually all women. Literally, if you go into my Instagram analytics, 98% is women. So um, when we first got in contact with each other and uh, me and David decided to put this podcast together, I really wanted to have you on it. Um, so I'm glad that when I put that message out there, you had gotten back to me because you were a guest in my mind, you know, before I even put that in that in that message board. But um, again, Kara, thank you so very much for etching out some time today and joining us. This, again, super eye-opening, super inspirational. Um, where can people find you uh, on social media really quick? Give me everywhere where people can find you. I am Pale Ginger Pear on everything. That's Instagram, <laughs> Facebook page, Snapchat, which I don't really use because it makes me feel old, um, Twitter. <laughs> but yeah, I'm there across the board. So it's an easy way to find me. Sweet. Well, again, thank you for joining us. Guys, listening at home, if you would like to be a part of the ALG Active Community Online, please shoot over me or David a DM on Instagram. We'll leave the link in the bio. We'll leave the link in the bio for everybody who is on this today. I'm J-Arb's Journey. That's Fit D-Rock. We are out of time. Have a really, really great rest of your day. And before you actually stop right now, I want you to think about three things you're grateful for. Now we're done. Peace.